This is Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host for the day, Luga the Barbarian. And I am here to talk about what makes a good dungeon master or game master, referee, whatever you're calling it in the game you're playing. Um, I'm going to have to say that, that my response to this and my answers to this are not the, uh, the, uh, the definitive truth. This is the only thing that works. But these are things that I've found work for me and in other games I'm playing. And what, what makes, in the, answering the question, what makes a good dungeon master? Now, uh, there's a lot of different styles of gaming out there, I'll say. Uh, when I was younger, our games were very different than the games I played the last couple decades. Uh, when I was growing up, getting into role-playing games in the late 80s and throughout the 90s, we were very story-driven, what might be called railroad games nowadays. And a large part of that was the fact that we were playing a lot of superhero role-playing games. And we got into role-playing because we were into these science fiction and superhero uh, novels and TV shows and, and movies. Uh, a, lot, a lot of kids were that got into this stuff. And one of the big influences was comic books. And we read a lot of comic books back in the day. Throughout the 80s, I was a huge comic book junkie, definitely through the 90s and stuff. And uh, I, I really got into reading them. And, I, and I, I wrote my own little comics and drew them in, in high school and a little bit beyond. For my 20s, I would make these little comics and stuff. And I got, I got into the comic book thing. Um, but I also really realized that I could, uh, I could make these stories and, and we could play them out through role-playing games. So one of the things that got me into role-playing was this story-driven type of gaming which is a type of gaming I do less of right now. I definitely tend to lean towards a sandbox where the players are telling the story or driving the story more than the dungeon master or the game master. In a superhero type of game, it seems that it's the story element is a little stronger. Um, being able to present people with that is always, uh, a sense tends to fit in that. But a lot of the classic fantasy role-playing, I don't find that that story element works as well. I find that uh, your basic, sand, what they call a sandbox game, where the players are presented with lots of options and they drive where the game goes, tends to be a better way to play. Um, but it takes a little bit of work and practice. And I'm asking the question, what makes a good GM, not, like, not what style of game? So in that style of game, especially, uh, one of the most powerful things can be silence. The game master doesn't have to go on forever. You, uh, for example, you walk into a room. You, it's a, a dark room. You can only see about halfway through the room because your, your torch only illuminates so far. There's something deeper in the room. Something in the, in the shadows, a large structure, perhaps a statue of some sort. And you let it hang for a bit. And you listen to what the players say. And they start to ask certain questions. Is there anything else in the room? And you start to give little answers. Sometimes there are questions you haven't considered. Sometimes you're not even, you don't even have the answer until they bring it up and it sparks that little bit of juice. And sometimes you just listen as they start to formulate plans and their imagination goes wild. They start to look for things they suspect might be in there. Sometimes, sometimes, they're right. You didn't know it before they said it, but you said, yeah, that's a great idea. Why not? 
and you listen to the player. So sometimes silence can be the best. As you're sitting around the game and the table playing and a bunch of players are just listening to you narrate, kind of like I am now, being quiet for a moment gives them time to process and gives them the opportunity to, there's the uncomfortable silence. And the uncomfortable silence, sometimes people want to break it up. Sometimes they don't. But a lot of the times they do. And you look at them, well, one of the good things about playing in person at the table is being able to give people those direct eye contact looks. Being able to read them and see where they're at. Let them know that it's okay if you speak up. It's probably your turn to talk now. The dungeon master has brought you here. He's not going to hold your hand. You're going to have to do the exploring. So sometimes silence is one of the biggest tools as a dungeon master I use. As a dungeon master, I think the biggest goal of a dungeon master is to make sure the group is having fun. It's not for me to make sure that I tell a story that I have crafted so perfectly and the ideas are mine are great. Because sometimes my ideas aren't exactly what they're into, but they can, they, can, they can show me what they're into. I can follow their lead. Take my hand and show me where this game is going. And while it's happening, while I'm quiet and as the, the players pick up with the game and start discussing amongst themselves, plotting and planning, I, I, I watch the group and the dynamic. And sometimes I'll interject. I'll see that one person, especially when you have a, a table full of men who have played a lot. And there's a woman sitting there who's one of her, perhaps one of her first times playing or she hasn't played as much. I've seen this a lot. And you have to kind of say, oh, oh, oh. guys can take up a lot of space. You say, oh, hey, uh, you. What do, you, what do you think? How do you feel about this? Or perhaps uh, you know, I have to interject there and kind of like shake up the dynamic of who is speaking, who's not. You might have to say, hey, 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 Bill, can you hold on a second. Let's check in with so-and-so, Lindsay, let's say. And let's see how Lindsay feels about this. What do you think? So sometimes it's a matter of trying to make sure there's space for everybody at the table and being aware of the space you're taking up and the others. And being able to create an experience where everybody's able to participate. Everybody's included. And having fun at the table might be that there. It might be, that might be your biggest job as DM is making sure everybody feels comfortable and is included. And I've had plenty of moments like that in games. So as a DM, I say my biggest job is to make sure people are having fun. And I have to be able to read that room and while we're doing something, if people aren't into it and they're not feeling it, they can, they can take me into what they're feeling and what they're into. I just have to listen. Listening to others is a good skill. Uh, one of the things is, I, I, I think if you've been listening to this, you know I've organized a lot in the past. And one of the elements of organizing is doing one-on-ones, uh, sitting down with somebody. And this is the process of, let's say, agitating in a workplace. And one of the biggest things about agitation and doing a one-on-one isn't that you're talking to somebody trying to sell them. It's that you're listening to the other person speak and you're trying to get what the other get a feel for what the other person wants, what the other person needs, where the other person's drive is, and what makes them uh, invested in whatever it is you're organizing. Gaming is a lot of the same way. You gotta listen to other people and hear what they're saying. You gotta give more space for them. And us as gamers and dungeon masters and types who are really into this, we can often have a tendency to just go with it, to just dominate a conversation, or we know all these things, or we got these great stories, but sometimes reeling it in 
and giving space for others is a better way to approach the game than taking the reins of the game and trying to be the most descriptive or the most interesting and intricate and show what great plots we have, et cetera, et cetera. Sometimes, sometimes we need to pull back more. So I, this, uh, today's, uh, episode is, is, uh, is based on a, or inspired by a Twitter post that I responded to, uh, just a little bit ago. This will, by the time this comes out, it'll have been a, a day or two because I record these ahead of time. But this Twitter post was pretty much asking, uh, what is it that makes a good, a good game? And I started thinking, hmm, what makes a good game? Or what is the purpose of the DM? And the purpose of the DM, my initial answer is to make sure the players have fun. And they asked, how? How do you do that? And I thought about it for a minute. I said, yeah, that's it. Giving space for others. Making sure everybody has a place at the table and has a say. Seeing who is and who isn't engaging. And being able to read that room. So personal, like, inter like social skills, just being able to interact with others is a good skill to have when you're running a game. And if you don't have great social skills, you can learn those, you can practice those, you can notice things that you're doing. Pay attention to how much you're talking and how much others are talking and how much space you're giving them. That's a good life skill just to have, period, when you're interacting with others. Today of internet, we tend to all be on the internet pushing our, what we know and stuff like that. You know, everybody has all the answers and plenty to say. But very few have space to listen. So what makes a good DM or what's the purpose of the DM in a game is to make sure everyone's having fun. And one of the keys to that is silence and listening. A little ironic that I'm saying that the key to that is silence and listening here on a podcast where it's just me speaking and there's nobody else responding. But, <coughs> but uh, I'll just leave it there. You all have a good day and keep those dice rolling.